good morning on the West Coast and a great day to you wherever and whenever you may be listening. My name is Jason Dice, broadcasting and podcasting live from the studio of EloquentOnline.net in beautiful New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof. This is the Power Performance Podcast, the show that asks the question, if your brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? Speaking of a brand that I broke up with this past week, man, I finally broke up with Flow. After 20-some-odd years of being with Progressive, I went on over to USAA. Now, it's a great object lesson. Not, it's not that Progressive did anything wrong, but as an example, when last we had uh, Stephen Bug on the air, he's coming back today. He got an encore. He was so great last time. He's going to come and talk to us about his trip out to Washington, D.C. and the GAC. Last time we had him on, it was last a month. I think I was probably paying $250, $260 a gallon for a gas for gas. And I filled up this morning. I think I paid about $23 a gallon. It has gone up very, very quickly. But uh, this is not a show about energy policies or failed energy policies for that matter. It's a show about performance. It's not that Progressive did anything wrong, but they don't offer a military discount. And as a U.S. Army and Desert Storm combat veteran, I'm entitled to membership at USAA. USAA. So, you know, I'm there now. And so I'm now a proud member of USAA. Sometimes, no matter what you do, your customers, clients, and members leave. That's just the way it is. Yes, in case you're wondering, I was the person who called out NAPQ for their Women's History post on Monday. I'm sure they thought, man, we've got one of everything in this picture, one type of woman. It was like a Benetton ad. And so I called and spoke to their communications guru up in Washington, D.C. and said, hey, wait a minute. There are no women veterans in this picture. Women have created a lot of history. Women veterans have created a lot of history. They've served all over the world. There's not a single group of women anywhere in the world, more than American female veterans, that have done more around the world. Why would you omit that? And, of course, yesterday they fixed it. They added a picture of – they didn't just check the box of a female veteran, uh, but an amputee at that, a a, a disabled – although I don't like that word – an injured American female veteran. Listen, folks, I make these points tongue-in-cheek because this box-checking approach to DEI, it's just silly. Most of the people I know out there that are posting these things, they, they treat people great all the time. We don't have enough months in the year to celebrate everybody. And that's why on this show, we don't do a lot of that. And so On the show today, we are going to talk about the GAC. I was so glad. I've had my ups and downs with CUNA, but I was so glad to see that they were meeting again in person. I didn't go. I won't wear a mask, and so I can't fly. And I I might have gone this year had they dropped the mask requirement on, on flights. I went for about 10 years in a row to the GAC. I think it's great to be in the nation's capital. I think it's great to have that many people solely focused on the business of community banking the way that conference is set up. And so we want to talk to Stephen Bug about what it was like to be on the ground at GAC, things that went well, and some things that maybe they could do differently in the future. So we're going back up to the North Shore, up to Illinois, and we're going to do it all right after this.
started 12 years ago this month. Conference quality information without the rubber chicken dinner and without the expense report. There's not another show that sounds like it. There's not another podcast that does what we do. This is the Power Performance Podcast. Well, last time we had him on the show, Stephen told me that he loved that 1970s easy listening rock. And you know what? I loved it, too. I love it, too. And when he was on the show last time, I think I downloaded about 6,000 of those songs from the 1970s. But it's great to welcome him back. Hey, Steve, thank you so much for joining us again. Thanks, Jason. Glad to be back on. Good to be back. I started by asking Stephen, as you reflect on your time at the GAC, what did you enjoy the most? Yeah, great question, Jason. Thanks. So certainly, uh, due to the pandemic, it was great now to see everybody back in person. I believe there was about 4,500 of us uh, out at GAC this past year. So certainly, I really enjoy the opening ceremony. The Parade of States is just awesome, gets you really excited. And a highlight for me was the last-minute special guest, uh, Ukraine's ambassadors, um, the remark that, she yeah. made, right, just because of the current situation, yeah. I thought was awesome. Um, but mostly for me, it's that networking and visiting with other credit union advocates, but really seeing and spending time with our partners in the exhibit hall, and then meeting one-on-one with them as well. And for me, Jason, it's really about seeing what is available in our industry currently, what vendors and partners are working on to help us stay relevant, not only today, but in the future, and then connecting with those old and new friends and associates. A highlight this year was the Herb Wagner dinner because we did have the Faith-Based Credit Union Alliance from Illinois that was honored So it was great to attend that dinner as a guest of Visa and support the Faith-Based Credit Union Alliance from Illinois. And then I enjoy also the legislative visits are a highlight. However, this year we were unable to meet on the Hill. So uh, hopefully next year they'll open up visits more and we can meet. So we did meet with some that came to visit us. And then this year, uh, this week actually, we're actually uh, following up with Zoom uh, calls for some others that we missed. So those were a few of no. my uh, highlights from last week. Is there anything about the GAC program and conference that could be improved? Yeah, so in my, my opinion, the, as you know, going uh, for at least a decade in the past, it's that quality time at the exhibit hall, and I just really wish that there would be more time allocated for the hall to be open. Uh, especially this year with a sold-out vendor hall, I couldn't even get around uh, and visit with the vendors and partners. Uh, and so to me, the value of place. having them all people, there, people it, it is, never, right? Exactly. It'd be nice to be able to huge. spend more time yeah. uh, with them. And then general sessions are nice, but for me, I would shorten some of the general sessions and allow more time uh, at the exhibit hall or do some kind of trade-off where maybe if you're not wanting to be in the general session at the same time, open the exhibit hall. I certainly understand why they try to close it during those general sessions, but for those of us that really value that vendor uh, relationship and really like the vendor fair and the exhibit hall, 
uh, that would be the number one improvement item for myself. And as you met with peers and vendors and from folks all across the banking marketplace, what was your assessment of how people feel about things in March of 2022? Are they optimistic? Are they concerned? How did, what was your sense of all of that? Sure. So I think it is uh, most are optimistic, but there are certainly uh, a lot of concerns that probably overplay how optimistic certain uh, leaders are. Uh, and a lot right now, and it was really fitting going out to Washington, was the amount of regulations that seem to be coming down the pike. And even in some of the Zoom calls this week after we got back and a few of the meetings last week, uh, when they came to us, it's really apparent, Jason, that as an industry, we all need to do a much better job of telling our story specifically on how we're aiding our members in the communities we're serving. Because a lot of times these legislators are getting hit by lobbying groups across the aisle. And so they think something sounds good, but there's not enough information being shared and so with these regulations that are being proposed, really uh, all of us are going to have to spend a lot more time on managing, doing the research and reporting, and in essence making it more difficult for some members to do business with us. So to me, it's going back and doing a better job of telling the credit union story and also your local credit union story on how you're different and what are you really providing. And then number two is being aware of what's going on in the world around us, how that's impacting the economic conditions that we all need to pay attention to, and then being able to pivot based on whatever uh, transpires in the market, what kind of rate hikes we see, what happens in Ukraine. So all those things I think folks have on the, the top of their mind as they're sitting down reevaluating strategies that perhaps were thought out last year when we thought it was going to look a little different. Yeah, and it's totally different now. Uh, you were in D.C. for a few days. Did you get a chance to go see some sites? Did you do any sightseeing while you were in the nation's capital? Unfortunately, no sightseeing this trip was uh, trying to fill my spare time with some one-on-one -on -one meetings with some partners and vendors to find out some latest and greatest things and trying to maximize uh, those opportunities. Um, so no, no sightseeing this year, Jason, but uh, perhaps next year when I go back, I have to allocate some time to do that. And in your opinion, what was getting the most attention? What was like, creating the buzz in the vendor hall and amongst your peers, future trends, things like that? Yeah, I, I think anything to do with technology is resonating with everyone. It can be on how you're interacting with your members, what kind of services can you overlay on top of your lending platforms to help you do a better job in lending, quicker decision making, and really looking at how you can become more relevant and in a faster way to conduct business with those members. And so technology, almost everyone was talking about their products and services and the tie into technology and how it helps us kind of transform ourselves uh, going forward. And, and interestingly, there was uh, quite a few partners really talking about data analytics and utilizing your own data to help you manage your business better 
not only from the member service side, but even from balance sheet, portfolio management, investment options. So again, I think a lot of innovation was discussed, a lot of ways to integrate technology, and then using the power of your own data at your credit union to help you make better decisions. We're probably, at least uh, to me, the key things that I picked up when I was talking to uh, multiple vendors at the uh, exhibit hall. Well, it sounds like for the most part, you really enjoyed your experience out at the GAC. Yeah, I I think uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, And and to me, it's about getting excited about the industry we're in. It's learning about new innovation. Uh, But equally, it's a great opportunity to network uh, and learn from others. I also had the opportunity to go out a day early and uh, spend some time at the CEO roundtable with Callahan and 25 other CEO leaders. Mm. And just the collaboration, Jason, the items discussed, uh, I think sometimes we always uh, become more myopically focused on what we're doing in our own credit union. So it's great to share what is working and what is not working and discuss ideas amongst peers. And I really, really enjoy that roundtable because you, you, you get the viewpoint from small, mid-sized, large credit unions. We're all sharing in the same concerns and challenges, but different folks have different ways that they're um, looking at them as opportunities. So it's learning from others. Uh, and so I enjoyed that afternoon spending some time with my peers, learning from them and, and sharing strategies and ideas. Uh, and, and then just as you know from going out there, when you're out there with 4,000-plus people in the opening ceremony, well, you just cannot not get excited about the industry. It's and then It's a big exactly, place. Exactly, right? It's a big, big place. Yeah, absolutely. It is. So really enjoy yeah. just the, the whole opportunity uh, and going out and networking, sharing, and learning, right? I, I look at it as an opportunity yeah. to grow, yeah, it and it's part of my personal development. As of this moment, do you plan on going back in 2023? I hope to go back in 2023, and I hope to take some additional leadership uh, team members here from Great Lakes and hopefully to get a board member or two to go out as well. So at this point, yes, I'm planning on going back next year. Well, if if they drop the mask mandate and I can fly up to D.C. without wearing a mask, <laughs> I will be there with you. It'll be great, great to that see That would you. be great. His name is Stephen Bogg. He's the president and CEO of Great Lakes Credit Union. Stephen, thank you so much for coming back and giving us an on-the-ground, first-person assessment of the nation's largest credit union banking conference. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate the time. Awesome. Uh, excuse me, I appreciate the time. Stephen is the one running a billion-dollar banking brand up in Illinois, and I, just, I don't thank the guests enough for the time they spend, you know, giving up 15, 20 minutes of your afternoon. That's a big deal when you've got the responsibilities of running a billion-dollar credit union. Okay, well, I got to say, it sounds like for the most part, you know, like we said, hey, it's the tagline. If your brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? Sounds like the GAC left Stephen wanting more in that. He is planning on going back next year. I think it's great that these events are happening again in person. If you're like me, I sense that we are finally on the off-ramp of this terrible COVID-19, culturally, globally, generationally altering experience that we've all been through. 
what may surprise some of you is I'm not first and foremost a banking professional. I don't have an, a degree in accounting or finance. My degree is in history. And historically speaking, COVID-19 deserves to be you know, listed along the big waypoints in American and world history right along with the revolution, the Civil War, the Second World War, and now COVID-19. And if you look back, they're always about 80 years apart. There's something about every 80 years or so, there is this cataclysmic event that changes the dynamic of the American marketplace. And COVID-19 has certainly done that. But these events, these conferences, when I first went to GAC in 2001, I remember being in the vendor hall and talking to this company that had the ability to give you an instant decision on a loan. No more filling out the loan application and emailing it to the credit union where it would then be printed out and then entered by hand. You do see the future of technology at these events, and that just can't be replicated on a Zoom meeting, nor can the joy of meeting with your peers and the friends that you've made in the industry over the many years. Thank you so much for listening to the Power Performance Podcast. My name is Jason Dias. I can't believe it's been 12 years this month when we started doing this show. And I just want to thank everyone that's ever been on as a guest, all of you that continue to listen. I, I've said I'll stop doing the show when it stops surprising me, but it never does. It seems like every single week I'm meeting somebody new that is doing something interesting, and it just makes it a lot of fun to do the Power Performance Podcast, the show that asks the question, if your brand were a band, would you be the audience wanting more? Until next we speak, we'll talk to you all next week. Take care. I got the money on a bet.